So today we're going to continue our lesson in, through the book of Revelation. And today we're going to do uh, chapters 8 and 9 together. And uh, before we begin reading, we're just going to read through these things. Uh, and we're pretty much going to let the Bible speak for itself. There's not a whole lot of, uh, of exposition, I guess we could say, that needs to be done for this specific part. Uh, but anyways, we'll go through that in just a moment. But let's pray this morning that, to God, that God will help us uh, to understand what we read and to see the purpose and why we need to read this. Amen. So, Father, we come to you today in Jesus' name. Lord, we give you thanks and praise today, Lord, for this uh, opportunity to gather with your children. We pray now, Lord, for the ability. We pray, God, for you to help us to uh, preach your word unto your people, Lord. And even today, as you showed me on the way here, that there'll be people listening to this that are not saved. And so, Lord, we pray that your word would reach them and that they would call out to Jesus before it's too late for salvation of their souls. So we pray it today in Jesus' name. Amen. So in Revelation uh, chapter 8, uh, we begin to see this this week, we're going to start talking about the, uh, the trumpet judgments. But before we get started, I just wanted to, to say that I had uh, uh, kind of thought of a title for this this week, and, and I was just going to call this, uh, What's It Going to Take for People to Repent? And that's kind of the title I had in my mind, but as the Lord on the way here this morning, I said, Lord, how, what is the main point that you want people to see through this message today? Uh, because this is a heavy message. It's a, it's a message that uh, not a whole lot of people wants to hear because this is when we begin to see that God's wrath now has come upon the earth and that He's no longer being patient with mankind. And so I said, what is the main message that you would like me to, to portray to the people? And these words came so clearly to me. Today is the day of salvation. Amen. So that's the title of our lesson today. Today is the day of salvation. And I believe that this is going to, to really speak to some people maybe that aren't saved or maybe they uh, were saved a long time ago and they've just drifted so far that they don't know whether they're coming or going. I don't know, but I believe that's where the, the focus is going to be today. So today is the day of salvation. Now leading up to this, we've talked in Revelation chapter 6 and 7, uh, we've seen that the seals began to be opened. Uh, and when Jesus Christ begins to open the seals of God, we see that that time that Jesus talked about, a time of trouble like the world has never seen, begins to take place. Amen. And what we have to understand, and the Lord wants to speak to somebody today, is, is there's a time of grace. And that time of grace was when the Holy Spirit was given on the day of Pentecost up until that first seal is open. Amen. It doesn't mean that there won't be some people saved in tribulation, but this time of grace, the time that it's easy to accept Jesus Christ, the time that it's so simple just to go down the street and find you a church to go to that is a simple thing right now but once that seal is opened it's not going to be as simple as it is now and so that's why the Lord wants people to know today is the day of salvation don't wait till that first seal is open because if you wait and fool around till then things are going to be hard you know I got to thinking today if if uh, uh, going out to the flea markets in the yard sales and stuff keeps you out of church on Sunday morning when the wrath of God begins to happen there won't be that many churches to go to because the people will be gone. The people who have worshiped God every Sunday, the people who get up and it's a struggle sometimes to go to church. Amen. But those people's going to be gone from here. Amen. And so what I'm talking to today is the people who's putting it off getting saved. I can do that later. I got time. We don't know when this seal will begin to be open. We have seen this week and, and one of the things we need to understand is we had all kind of put our hopes in one guy, right? 
We're hoping that uh, President Trump will win this election and continue to make good policies. But we found out that even he is vulnerable. Amen. This thing, we don't know yet how it will go. What happens if it takes him out? And then what are we left with? You see what I'm saying? Our, our future, even in the United States of America, is very volatile. It can be changed in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye. So Lord is speaking to somebody today. Today is a set day of salvation. Don't wait till after this age of grace or the grace dispensation has, has finished its course. Amen. So we saw that part of the things that happens with the seals is there was a conquering spirit that would go out, right? Then the second seal was that, that it would take peace from the earth. People would hate one another, kill one another. There'd be civil unrest and things like that. And you see that Jesus talked about a time which was the beginning of sorrows that we're going to be like these things that were going to be happening in tribulation, just not to the scale. But we look and we see these things are happening right in our very own country. Families are divided about who to vote for. Families are divided about whether we should wear a 99-cent cloth mask or not. So, I mean, people getting in fights about it, getting in all kinds of scrapes and mean to each other and things. So we see these things are going to happen then. There's going to be food rationing and a one-world government. There's going to be death, destruction, hunger, diseases, and beasts of the earth killing people. Uh, believers are going to be martyred for their faith in Christ. You see, that's the thing I'm trying to speak to today. If, if my desire to go to the flea market or go out to the restaurant or go out wherever it is instead of going to church keeps me out now when it's easy, what about when I've got to give my life to say I'm a follower of Christ? Don't wait till then. There'll be people that get saved. We read about it last week in chapter 7. A number that no man can number coming out of the great tribulation. They're going to make it, but it's really going to cost them then. So I'm giving you this cry from the Lord today, this plea. Somebody is going to hear this. Today is the day of salvation. It may be that you don't have many days left on this earth. I don't know, but today is the day of salvation. Don't wait too long, saith the Lord. Hallelujah. Then we see in the, the sixth seal, which was where we finished up last week, that God's wrath upon the physical uh, the physical heaven and the earth was beginning to take place. That was when it saw the great earthquake, the sun darkened, the moon like blood, the stars falling from the sky, the sky receding away, and every mountain and island removed from its place. And today as we begin to talk about chapter 8, when the trumpet judgments begin to take place. It's like the judgments that were seen in the seals, now all of a sudden they're going to be elevated. And they're going to take place on a grander scale and a much more severe scale. And why is God doing this? He wants people to repent. He wants people to repent of their sins so that He doesn't have to pour out His wrath upon them. Amen. We saw in chapter 7 that there was a pause. After these things happened in the sixth seal, there was a pause. And the Lord said to those angels, it says, don't blow upon the earth or upon the sea. Don't harm anything until we've sealed the servants of our God. And that was those 144,000 Israelites, right? And then after that, it was seen those that even come through the time of trouble. The Bible there was looking future, even on past where it was talking at that time. It was looking future that there are going to be people make it through the tribulation and accept Jesus Christ. But we come to today. When the seventh seal is opened, we're going to see that all of a sudden now it's ratcheted up a notch. We're going to see that uh, this is for the people who refuse to accept Jesus Christ. For the people who just, just love to, to lie, cheat, steal, kill, destroy, and all the things that's causing this world to be in chaos right now. Those are the people who are going to face this seventh seal being opened. 
I want you to think about it. You might even know people, maybe bosses where you work, maybe people here, there, and, and in politics or whatever it may be. There is evil and corruption in every place that we look. And God says, okay, I'm going to punish those who do these things. And there's been people who's been getting away with it a long time. They lived and they died and they'll face judgment later on. But there is going to be people living on this earth who are doing it at the time and then God's wrath is going to fall upon them while they're in their natural bodies on this earth. And that's what this is talking about in chapter 8. Amen. So once again, it's a very heavy topic, but the Bible says that these things are to be read in the churches. That's what the book of Revelation said. So these are things that we don't particularly like a whole lot. But we have to know that we're not appointed unto wrath. This is for the sons of disobedience that Ephesians talks about. This is why the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience. It's for these things right here. So let's take a look. Revelation 8 and verse 1. When he opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about half an hour. And I saw the seven angels who stand before God, and to them were given seven trumpets. Then another angel, having a golden censer, came and stood at the altar. He was given much incense that he should offer it with the prayers of all the saints upon the golden altar which was before the throne. And the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints ascended before God from the angel's hand. I'd like to stop there just one moment and talk to you just for a moment about this. The Lord Jesus Christ has asked us to do some difficult things. He's asked us to pray for our enemies. He's asked us to forgive people that's done wrong. And He's asked us to just bring everything to Him in prayer. And you know for a long time now, for 2,000 years, all the believers of Jesus Christ, they have done their best to try to do those things. And they've got on their knees and they've cried before the Lord and they have prayed, Lord, I don't know why such and such has got it against me. I don't know why they keep working against me. But Lord, I don't want to walk in bitterness. God, I pray and forgive them. God, I pray that you do something to change their heart. For thousands of years now, 2,000 years, Christians have been praying those kinds of prayers. And right here we see it now. These things have been bottled up by this angel. And he takes it up to this golden altar and he pours out He pours out those prayers upon that golden altar there on the flames and on the coals. And all of a sudden that incense comes up before God. And people want to say, well, why don't God get more involved in this world? Why don't God punish evil? Next time somebody asks you that question, say Revelation chapter 8. Go read it. And you're going to see you don't want this to be happening. That's why we need to pray for God's mercy to last as long as it possibly can because there's going to be a cutoff day when God says, okay, now all these prayers for all these millions of people that they've been praying for 2,000 years, now the time has come that I'm going to reward the unrighteous for the things they have done to my children. So when people ask you that question, they'll come to me this week really strong and I want to share that with you. That's one of the big questions people ask Christians. And that's one of the big reasons they don't want to go to church and serve a supposed loving God that could let evil go on. When they ask you that next time, say, let me take you somewhere and show you. It's not going to go on forever. That there is a cutoff day. And the Lord Jesus Christ and God, His Father, hallelujah, they are not going to allow it to go on forever. And when you start to read this chapter 8, you're going to see the unjust shall receive their due reward. And you could look at that person and say, now listen, do you want to be one of them or do you want to be on the same team that I am? You can repent and ask Jesus Christ to forgive you of your sins. Amen. Amen. Verse 5 says this, Then the angel took the censer 
filled it with fire from the altar, and threw it to the earth. And there were noises, thunderings, lightnings, and an earthquake. So the seven angels who had the seven trumpets prepared themselves to sound. You know, most of what had happened up until this point was just things that men have experienced all since time began. Famines and pestilences and wars and commotions and troubles and problems. But it, when the seals were opened, they kind of elevated a little bit and ratcheted it up. But there was a lot of people, the Bible's showing us here, didn't get the, didn't get the message. They didn't get the memo that God was trying to show people, look, these things are happening on a much bigger scale. The world right now is trying to tell us, well, the reason storms are getting worse and famines are getting worse and diseases are getting worse is that's because of climate change and it's because of this and all that kind of thing. They don't realize that it's the Lord God our Father that's causing these things to happen in the beginning of sorrows which we're facing right now. We're seeing them happen. I want you to think about this modern world we live in. All the technology that we have, all of the things that we can do, and a little old flu bug, like a flu bug on steroids, has brought the earth pretty much to a creeching halt. And there's nothing we can do about it but hopefully ride it out and hopefully beat it, right? Now they're saying they've got an antidote or whatever. I don't know. They think they do. We don't know yet. But I want you to think how, how futile our existence is as human beings that we need to have our eyes fixed upon the Lord and say, Lord, I see what this is. This is the beginning of sorrows. This is a thing that has affected 8 billion people. Everybody on this earth has been affected by this thing. So when these trumpets begin to sound, the Lord's saying, okay, you didn't listen to start with at the beginning of sorrows. You didn't listen to the seals being opened. Now the trumpets are going to begin to play. And when they sound, the things that happen are going to get worse and worse. And why is it God's doing this? He wants people to repent and see how wicked that they are. Verse 7, the first angel sounded and hail and fire followed, mingled with blood, and they were thrown to the earth and a third of the trees were burned up and all green grass was burned up. That's going to severely affect our, uh, the earth's food uh, situation. Dad and I were talking yesterday. It's amazing the amount of food that this earth can produce because of the machinery that man has made and the technology we've understood. But when you start talking about all the grass burning up and a third of the trees, we're going to have a severe problem. Amen. Because there's a whole lot of people lives on this earth right now. Amen. The second, verse 8, the second angel sounded and something like a great mountain burning with fire was thrown into the sea and a third of the sea became blood. And a third of the living creatures in the sea died, and a third of the ships were destroyed. Oh my, that's going to put a severe hurting. When we talk about economic situation, that's going to put a severe hurting on the economy of the whole world. Amen. Verse 10, then the third angel sounded, and a great star fell from heaven, burning like a torch. And it fell on a third of the rivers and on the springs of the water. And the name of the star is Wormwood. And the third of the waters became wormwood, which means bitter. And many men died from the water because it was made bitter. One of the most important things to existence on life is fresh, clean water. You know, when they send these 
rovers and things into space that go to these other planets. And they're just, that's the one thing they say that if we can find proof of fresh water, we'll know that life could have maybe existed on that planet, right? And that's where they go. They just look constantly for signs that there was ever fresh, clean water because everything that lives and breathes has to have clean, fresh water or it will be poisoned and die. And now we're going to see that one-third of all drinking water is going to be poisoned. Do we want to wait till then to accept Jesus Christ? I don't think so. Accept Him now when there's a church on every street corner. Go drive around in our area where we live. There's churches everywhere. It's so easy and they all will invite you in. Most of the ones I know, they don't lock their doors. They welcome anybody that would like to come and hear the gospel. Come and hear it today, saith the Lord. Today is the day of salvation. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Verse 12, Then the fourth angel sounded, and a third of the sun was struck, and a third of the moon, and a third of the stars, so that the third of them were darkened, and a third of the day did not shine, and likewise the night. Now this is not talking about the sun looks this big and then one third of it goes away. It's saying it won't shine for a third of the day. And the stars and the, and the, and the moon won't shine for a third of the night. What does that mean? We're going to, the earth's going to be plunged into a long period of darknesses. Now think about whoever's going through winter at this time. If it's the northern hemisphere, that's the, the bulk of the population of the world's people. That the days are going to be one third shorter than they are now in the night. What light you would have at night will be one-third shorter. You talk about long periods of darkness. We get depressed around Christmas time because that's the shortest time of the sunlight that we have, right? You know, we've only got just a few hours of sunlight and it's dark when we get up and it's dark when we get home from work and people start getting depressed and having a real issue with it. But look what's going to happen here. One-third of the day, the sun won't shine. Talk about a short period of daylight. What does that affect? That affects vegetation. That affects our food. That affects everything. That affects what our animals are going to eat. It affects everything. And what are these people trying to do now? I, I'm, I can commend people for trying to use renewable sources of energy like wind and solar. But if all the world's converted to solar and all of a sudden now one-third of the day you don't have sunlight, uh-oh, we got a big problem. And the Lord said there at one point, we read last week, I believe it was, He said, don't blow upon the earth at all. There's a period of time when the wind's not even going to blow, so the windmills aren't going to work. I'm telling you, the Lord knows what He is doing. Amen. The devil's working against God in every way he can, but we have the truth of God's Scripture to guide us for the future. Amen. Amen. Verse 13, And I looked and I heard an angel flying through the midst of heaven, saying with a loud voice, Woe, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth because of the remaining blasts of the trumpet and the three angels who are about to sound. You mean that's not it? That's not it. This is just the beginning. Now this angel says, well, these last three angels, when they blow their trumpet, it's going to really get bad. Today is the day of salvation. You do not have to face these things, saith the Lord. He has provided all mankind a way out through Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. When we see these things here, when this begins to happen, this, uh, 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 the fifth and the sixth trumpet begins to sound. We've seen where God has kind of uh, affected nature. 
He's affected the waters, the trees, the grass, and the stars, and those kinds of things. He's poured out His wrath here, we see, kind of on nature. But when we get to this fifth and this sixth trumpet, and then even the seventh next week, we'll talk about You see that God's wrath now is coming up specifically on mankind. And we even see here in a minute, He tells these locusts that come out of this bottomless pit, don't I want you to hurt the grass or the trees. I want you to torment men for five months. But yet when it's easy to go to church, oh, I'll go to church anytime. I can go and get saved anytime. If you wait till these seals and these trumpets begin to sound and begin to happen, it's not going to be as easy as you think. So today is the day of salvation. Praise God. So now we see this in verse uh, chapter 9, verse 1. Now the thing turns and you start to see God's wrath upon mankind. And we see it's going to be poured out like we said in Ephesians. And Peter discussed this. These are the children of disobedience. These are the people who follow the devil in his ways. These are the people that's going to suffer these things. Hallelujah. Thank God that the Lord's coming after us before all this gets bad. Amen. The beginning of sorrows is bad enough for us, but I couldn't imagine living in a world where these things are happening. Amen. So chapter 9, verse 1. Then the fifth angel sounded, and I saw a star fallen from heaven to the earth. To him was given the key to the bottomless pit. And he opened the bottomless pit, and smoke arose out of the pit like the smoke of a great furnace. So the sun and the air were darkened, because of the smoke of the pit. Then out of the smoke, locusts came upon the earth, and to them was given power as the scorpions of the earth have power. They were commanded not to harm the grass of the earth or any green thing or any tree, but only those men who do not have the seal of God on their foreheads, which is referring back to chapter 7, those 144,000 Israelites whom God says that Jesus even called them. He said, those are the elect. Those are the ones I have chosen. And these scorpions, these locusts that look like scorpions, they're not going to harm them, but they're going to harm every other man that's alive that day. What will the Gentile world do when the wrath of God is being poured out when this bottomless pit is opened? Will they run and accept Jesus real quickly? I don't think so. It's not going to be an easy thing because all the churches will mostly be closed. There'll be vacant buildings if they're even still standing. The Bible talks about a great earthquake. There may not even be a place, a church to go to. So today is the day of salvation. Come to Jesus today. Hallelujah. Oh, somebody, thank you, Jesus. Somebody's going to hear this this week, maybe even later today. Hallelujah. And they're going to be confronted with a decision they need to make that they've been putting off that they need to accept Jesus right now. Quit waiting and do it right now. Hallelujah. Lord, be it done according to your will. Hallelujah. Verse 5 says this. Now these locusts, and they were not given authority to kill these people, but to torment them for five months. Their torment was like the torment of a scorpion when it strikes a man. In those days, men will seek death and will not find it. They will desire to die and death will flee from them. The shape of the locusts was like horses prepared for battle. On their heads were crowns of something like gold and their faces were like the faces of men. They had hair like women's hair and their teeth were like lion's teeth. And they had breastplates like breastplates of iron and the sound of their wings was like the sound of uh, chariots with many horses running into battle. They had tails like scorpions and there were stings 
in their tails or stingers in their tails, their power was to hurt men five months. They had a king over them, the angel of the bottomless pit, whose name in Hebrew is Abaddon, but in the Greek his, he has the name Apollyon, which simply means destruction. God's wrath will come upon these people whom he's judges are vagabonds. They continue to cheat, lie, steal, destroy, and, and do everything anti-God. They, everything they do is not what God wants. And they shake their fist in God, at God's face. And they say, I don't want to accept your Christ. It doesn't, it doesn't fit well with what I think or how I feel or whatever. And they just continually reject Him. But we see that there's going to be a reckoning day for those things. And if we see how evil our world is today, and we've seen through this pandemic how people who aren't governed by good morals, people who aren't governed by the gospel of Jesus Christ, you've seen how they acted with the toilet paper shortage. People went out and just hoarded it all for themselves, and I've got mine and I don't care about you. Those are the only kinds of people that will be left. Do you really want to live here? When that's the only kind of people here, things are going to be ugly, I can tell you right now. Today is the day of salvation. Accept Jesus now. Don't wait till these things start happening. Amen. Verse 12 says, One woe is past. Behold, still two more woes are coming after these things. Verse 13, now we get to the sixth angel. And I heard a voice, the sixth angel sounded, and I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar, which is before God, saying to the sixth angel who had the trumpet, Release the four angels who are bound at the great river Euphrates. People don't think that the Middle East, they always say, well, why is that? Everybody always seems to talk about the Middle East. Why is that where all the news and things happen? Because God made it that way. That's where he planted his people was right there in the Middle East. And now that Euphrates River, which is supposed to be their border on the northern uh, eastern side, there is says here that there is four angels bound there for a specific day and time. See, that's what I want to tell someone today. Once the seals begin to be open, there's no more what we call grace period. Things are going to happen just exactly as they're said here on an exact time frame. Boom, 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 boom. And when it gets to this point, these four angels that's been bound in the great river Euphrates, they're going to be loosed. And guess what? Not a human being... Think about that. Evil men have rose up in the past, but some good men rose up and fought back, right? Not going to be the case then. This evil will overcome what's going on on the earth. Look at verse uh, 15. So the four angels who had been prepared for the hour and day and month and year were released to kill a third of mankind. When they are released, it's going to be an exact time that God has already set. So when the Lord is telling us today and all through the Bible and what Jesus said and the apostles said, and I am speaking here today to you, today is the day of salvation. Accept the Lord Jesus Christ today. Not tomorrow, not Tuesday, not Wednesday, not next week, not a few years from now, nor a few months. Today. The Lord is going to speak in that to somebody today. 
Today is the day of salvation. Because God has set forth an exact specific day that these four angels are going to be released. And there's nothing anybody can do about it. There will not be any prayers that could be offered. There's not going to be any kind of fasting that man could do to say, Oh God, please don't do it. The Bible said God has already set it in place. On this day, at this very hour, of this very week, in this very month, in this very year, this will happen. Praise God. Hallelujah. On God's timetable, no man can change it. I want you to think about that. On the very day that the sacrifice was to be offered for Passover, God had His Son hanging on a cross. On the very day, hallelujah, and 50 days later, when the Feast of Tabernacles began, or the Feast of what they call the Trumpets and all those things, the day of Pentecost, that day uh, that was going to come, 50 days later, guess what? The Holy Spirit was given. Exact on the day that God said it would happen. Amen. Verse 16, these four angels have an army that goes with them. And this is scary to think about. Now the army, now the number of the army of the horsemen was 200 million, and I heard the number of them. 200 million army. Not earthly army. Army. Supernatural army. So what will man do to fight that? Man will not be able to stop a supernatural army. They're going to do exactly what it was given to them to do. And one third of the earth's population that's left at that time will vanish. Do you want to wait till that day? Today's the day of salvation, saith the Lord. Verse 17 says, And thus I saw the horses in the vision. Those who sat on them had breastplates of fiery red, hyacinth, blue, and sulfur yellow. And the heads of the horses were like the heads of lions. And out of their mouths came fire, smoke, and brimstone. By these three plagues, a third of mankind was killed by the fire and the smoke and the brimstone which came out of their mouths. For their power is in their mouth and in their tails, for their tails are like serpents having heads, and with them they do harm. And when we get to these last two verses, this is the whole reason we see, and we started this study, this is the reason that God is going to pour out His wrath. This is the reason that this happens. God wants people to listen to what He's doing in the earth. He wants them to hear these trumpets and see what's going on and repent from their wickedness and turn to Him. But look what happens. Verse 20 says this, But the rest of mankind who were not killed by these plagues did not repent of the works of their hands, that they should not worship demons and idols of gold, silver, brass, stone, and wood, which can neither see, hear, nor walk. And verse 21 says, And they did not repent of their murders, of their sorceries, of their sexual immorality, or their thefts. When someone asks you, why doesn't God get involved? Why doesn't God stop evil? Take them to Revelation 8 and 9 and say, He will. 
He's going to put a stop to it. But while the time is available to us right now, teach people to receive Jesus. Preach the gospel to everybody that you know. You can accept Jesus and you can escape any kind of negativity that's going to come. You can escape this wrath of God that's going to be poured out. And like we said, once these things begin to take place, it's now on God's timetable. See, Jesus said a prayer hanging on the cross. I want you to think about this. Jesus said on the cross, he said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. He wasn't just talking to the people who crucified him. He's talking to all of us all down through time until this first seal is opened. Once that first seal is opened, now things are on God's timetable and he's saying, okay, that time has come and gone. It'll still be possible to get saved, but I'm going to tell you right now, that's going to be a difficult task. And when things begin to transpire here, we don't want to be living through that time, do we? We want to be living for God so that when he steps out on that cloud, amen, he says, come forth and we're going to go be with him, praise God. But I'm speaking to somebody today who's going to listen to this on the, on the podcast. And you might, <clears throat> Father, speak unto this person one last time in this message. To the one who has put it off, this is from the Lord God Almighty. Today is the day of salvation. Do not wait and do not procrastinate, saith the Lord. For today is the day of salvation. If you wait, you shall wait too long. When the things of the end begin to take place, it cannot be stopped, for it shall happen as I have set forth. Come unto Jesus while the time is available. Come unto Jesus while the age of grace is still wide open. While the door is still open, come unto Him and receive forgiveness and salvation and a home in heaven. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I pray, Lord, for that one that you've been speaking to. Maybe there's more than one who will hear this today. God, all of us here together today, we lift up and pray to you, God, whomever this message is for that will hear this. Lord, let them come to you. Oh, Father, we pray for this one that, that they'll heed your voice. Lord, uh, we can't force them, and nor are you going to force them, but you are telling them directly today that they need to quit procrastinating. So, Father, we pray for them today in Jesus' name. Know that we love them, and that we'll bring them in no matter where they've been or what they've done. We'll bring them in, and we're going to love them, Lord, and we'll teach them the right way. Hallelujah. I pray for that soul, God, that you're speaking to today. I pray and thank you for all of us that's here today, Lord, that, that we've been born again that we're saved, hallelujah, that we don't have to face your wrath because we're your children, hallelujah. We give you thanks and honor today. We thank you, Lord, for this message you've given. It sets very heavy upon our souls today because we know that not everyone is going to have a home in heaven and some are going to have to face these things we talked about today, God, but we can't change any of that, but we can worship you and honor you for what you've done for us. Help us, God, to minister to those that need the gospel. Hallelujah. That need Jesus Christ in their life. We ask it, Lord, today in Jesus' name. I pray for these ones that's gathered here today, Lord, that uh, you keep them safe. Uh, keep us protected from this virus and any other sicknesses that's going around. And so, Father, today I just lift them up to you. These are your sheep, Lord. These are your little lambs. Protect them, O oh Lord, from any dangers that they may face. We ask it, Lord, today 
In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen.